And welcome to Education Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and excited to be on here. This is a Veterans Day special. We are uh, two days in front of Veterans Day, but uh, excited to be on here to celebrate Veterans Day and uh, speak to one of my former students, Andrew Forrester, who is a cadet at the U.S. Air Force Academy, uh, and he will be coming on shortly. So excited to be here, uh, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. Give a shout out to our listeners in Canada on Voice Ed Radio. We always appreciate them tuning in. We're live on Facebook and then go into iTunes. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. So today's show is going to be about the military. It's going to be about Andrew and his journey to the uh, Air Force Academy. Um, and I grew up in Staten Island. Those that know me, I grew up in Staten Island, New York. And I really didn't have a lot of exposure to military or military families. Uh, we didn't have anybody in my family directly who was in the military. And it just wasn't, I just, it wasn't a, a big part of my life. Certainly I knew we were a free country and, and protected. And, you know, I watched on the news. I remember as a kid watching Forrest Gump, right? The scene in uh, Forrest Gump there, you know, Normandy Beach, right? That was like one of the first movies I remember of, of violence uh, and just seeing that. And I was like, oh my God, look at this massacre that happened, you know? But then I moved to Port Jervis or, or Milford in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and I'm the principal at Port Jervis High School. And there is a rich tradition of, of military service there, um, traditions of families, um, generations of families serving. And, and as principal, uh, you know, we coordinate having the different military branches come into the school. And I know there's varying opinions on that, but I really have my respect for the military, my respect for our um, students who have gone into the military has grown each and every year. And um, I've really gotten to see the process, right? The recruiting and the, the relationships they build with the students. Uh, and everyone joins for a different reason, right? Um, but a lot of those kids are looking for some structure. They're looking for a community and they find it in the military and, and many go on to be extremely successful. So um, I want to do want to give a shout out to all of our students in Port Jervis uh, who are currently serving and certainly a shout out to our community of veterans uh, that have served here on Veterans Day and uh, really just celebrate them and thank them for their service. Um, explaining to my kids on, on what this holiday is and, and what it means. And, uh, you know, there's just so much there. So I do thank uh, those members of our community and, uh, again, active and um, retired from the military. So we are going to meet Andrew Forrester here. Andrew is a graduate of the class of 2016. He is a cadet uh, in the U.S. Military Academy and, and um I got to watch Andrew grow up over the years here. And uh, well, let's bring him on here. I, I talk too much and let's bring Andrew on to the show. And boom, there he is. How you doing, Mr. Hey, Rana? Andrew. Yeah, good to see you. And thanks, thanks for coming for having on me. the program. Yeah. Now, now you don't look like you're in a military background before we get going about the uh, Air Force Academy. Where exactly are you, Andrew? Yeah, so I'm at, I'm at my sponsor family's house. So the academy does a really cool program where they select 
um, cadets and assign them to volunteer families that basically volunteer to take the cadet in so they can sleep over, have home cooked meals. And I got lucky enough where my father knew, um, knew someone he served with out here. So I'm paired up with, with their family and I'm at their house right now. So you're, you get to go and, and be with someone that your father served in the military with. And, and you said, I got to do a podcast. Can I come over and use your internet? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, Andrew, I really appreciate you making the time. It's a Saturday night here and uh, you're, you're taking time away from your friends and, and your service there. But Andrew, it's, it's been a few years. You graduated in 2016. Tell me about your experience so far uh, at the Air Force Academy. Yeah, so this is my third year at the Academy. So I'm a junior, and this year is actually going very well for me, whereas my first two years, I definitely struggled quite a bit. It was a huge shift going from high school to um, not only college, but to a service academy. So this year I'm in a lot of my majors classes and I kind of figured out how to work out and how to do the military stuff. So this year, this year's a lot of fun and I'm enjoying myself a lot. What is your major, Andrew? So I'm majoring in business management. Okay. Andrew, so many of our, our students take college courses in Port Jervis. Mm -hmm. did, did any of them transfer there? Did you get credit for any of them there or, or no? Yeah, so I actually had one transfer. I okay. had psychology transfer over for me. And which, you were, you, one of the last classes with Mr. Birmingham. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of my other classes didn't transfer, but that's, I think that's pretty specific to service academies. Mm -hmm. It's, they have a very strict curriculum and they, the classes have to be really similar for them to transfer or accept credit for it. So Andrew, you are a, a top-notch uh, kid, now a young, young man. I can't call you a kid anymore. You're a young man, but you're a top high achieving uh, young man. What were some of those struggles when you got out there? Because certainly in Port Jervis, right? You, you, you had it all. You, you, you know, just a great, you know, so, so tell me what were some of the challenges that you had when you got out there? Yeah. So honestly, I struggled like a lot with academics. It, the academic course load at, at the Air Force Academy is pretty incredible and it is an amazing education, but it was just a totally different caliber to what I was used to. So adapting to how the academy does academics was really tough. And I also struggled a lot with my physical fitness tests. It, they, the tests are pretty tough and figuring out how to finish all my homework, do my projects and then have time to work out was not, was not an easy process for me. And I, I definitely struggled through that. And give, give me a specific example, Andrew. I'm in, I'm in the classrooms at Port Jervis all the time. Give me a specific example. Is it that the teacher is lecturing the whole time and you have to take notes? Uh, was it understanding the concepts? Was it that there were so many kids in the class? What, what, what specifically was one thing? I think it was the focus of STEM. So the Air Force Academy has a very large core curriculum because we all graduate with a Bachelor's of Science. So I have to take classes like Calc 1, Calc 2, Chem 1, Chem 2, Physics 1, Physics 2, Aeronautical Engineering, Astronautical Engineering, Oof. and a bunch of these classes 
that don't particularly pertain to my major and managing those all at once because more than more than likely most cadets have a math class a chemistry class and a physics class all in the same semester wow. and trying to figure out how to do calc 2 and chemistry and physics is just very difficult for me so how'd you get through it how did you you know what did you pair up with some some top-notch kids were you calling miss casara mr santos what would you do <laughs> yeah that's exactly it like we you get extra help and that's the one thing that will get you through the academy or hard academics was i got multiple hours of help from my teacher the academy is really great with having i guess at colleges it's called um, office hours mm -hmm. but at the academy we call it ei just extra instruction so i would go in for I, I got multiple hours of extra instruction for those classes and then if i didn't understand something i'd go to a, a classmate of mine and it, most people are pretty gracious and helping if you ask for help. And was that you saying, I'm going for EI, or are they saying, hey, Andrew, you need to get in here? Which which one was it? A little of both. A little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> you, you get your first test back, and, and you see it, and you're like, whoa, I need help. And then the teacher, if it's if it's bad enough, they'll, they'll ask you to come in, and they'll help you out. Well, Andrew, how about some things that weren't uh, hard for you, something that you just kind of were able to roll with? What what, what was something there that uh, came easy to you? I think time management came pretty easy for me as far as juggling everything that we have to accomplish in the day. In high school, I felt like I was pretty active. So getting home at nine o'clock and then doing homework until 10 or 11 was pretty normal in high school. And that just transferred over at the academy. It's just a lot longer of a day, but it you have to accomplish the same things within that day. So I think doing that was probably my easiest thing. So Andrew, walk us through a typical day. You know, even if it's this year, you don't have to go back to your first go. You know, walk me through a typical day of when is that exercise, the meals? Are you in a uniform mm -hmm. all day, or do you get to get to kind of wear casuals? Like, well, how does it work? Yeah. So everyone. So every cadet has a different schedule. And there are a couple things that keep us all in line as far as like how our days play out. And similar to, to high school, we have an MT day schedule, which is just like an AB day schedule. So on those days, I have different classes. So depending on the day of the week, I could start formation, morning formation at 6.30 or 6.45 in the morning. And that's where we all line up in the hallway or we have a lecture from one of our flight commanders just lecturing us something that they think we need to know or improve on. And you're and standing in the hallway, like, mm -hmm. like you're standing up like that, like at attention. Yep. Yeah. At 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the day, it changes. Uh, different days have different formations. Um, but yeah, what's, that's the topic, what's, the, what's the topic they might speak on? It could be anything. It could be anything from investments to like current events or things that the squadron needs to improve on or things that are happening during the week. Okay. So, yeah. so that's the first thing in the morning, then what? So then after formation and, and at formation, you're in uniform. And so the whole day you're in uniform until your last 
uh, military duty, which could be a class or if you're an athlete, um, you would obviously change into athletic clothes for that. But after formation, we have breakfast, which is optional. So it's just a cafeteria. You can go in and get food if you want. And that closes at eight. But classes start at 7.30, depending on what periods you have. And classes will run from 7.30 to 11.30. And then at 11.30, depending on the day, we will have new meal formation, which is where we all form up as a squadron and we all march to lunch. And all 4,000 of us eat together, which is really impressive. All in one seating? All in one. Wow. And it's pretty cool the way they do it. So we march in as squadrons, but our squadrons are broken up into flights and elements. And you will sit at the same table with the same people throughout a semester. So you get to, you know, know people in your squadron and get to hang out with them at lunchtime. And once you're sitting down and eating, it's like a regular meal. Exactly. Okay. Yep. You, you don't have to sit in silence or anything. No. Like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. And okay. then once you're done with lunch, depending if it's an MRT day, M days, we have a, uh, a time slotted out where we could have briefings or um, leadership training for an hour. Um, if it's a T day, that block is filled with the class. And then classes end at 3.30. And then if you're an athlete, you would go down to sports. If you have intramurals, you go down to those. And then there are also airmanship programs that we have. So depending on the airmanship program you're in, you could be taking up class periods to fill that fulfillment, or you could be going down after school. And Andrew, you talked about the fitness you know, is that something that is built into the day that you have to do a certain amount of exercise or do you have to just on your own, make your own routine or is it a requirement? A little bit of both. So the way we're graded or assessed at the academy is we have three different criteria. We have our GPA, our MPA and PEA. Our GPA is for academics. MPA is our military performance and our PEA is athletics. So throughout our class periods, you can have a gym class. So you could be in a soccer class, softball, climbing, anything like that. And there's certain requirements that we have to fulfill. Like we all have to take boxing. We all have to take swimming or water survival. And so that plays into your PEA. But we also have uh, Air Force testing. So we have two different physical fitness tests we have to take in a semester. The first one we have to take is what we call the AFT, which is a mile and a half run. And then we have a second test, which is called the PFT, which is pull-ups, long jump, push-ups, sit-ups, and a 600-meter sprint. Oof. Yeah. Wow. That's like CrossFit all wrapped into one there. Wow. Okay. And this is something in your first and second year that you you had some challenges with, but you've kind of got it down. I mean, you look like you're in good shape now. You look great. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Uh, Andrew, with all the academics and stuff, like what are you going to go into? You're going to be a business, you're a business management major, but is flying, like are you going to be a a pilot? Where are you going to go with your, your military service? Yeah, so that's the hope. I hope I'll be a pilot. So a lot of the time, our majors don't correlate with our job. There are career fields that 
you do need a degree in. So if you're going to be a civil engineer, you have to have a civil engineering degree. But if you want to be a pilot, there, as of right now, there's no requirement for a degree, like a specific degree. And I won't find out whether I'll be a pilot or not until this time next year. Okay. And when you say a pilot, are you talking about a, a fighter pilot? Uh, are you going to be flying uh, kind of cargo or personnel? Like wh what is that? You know, do you get to choose that? To a degree. So you can put in preferences for things. But when I say become a pilot, when you graduate the academy, you will get a pilot slot. So you're allotted a slot to attend um, pilot training. And everyone trains in this same initial aircraft. And then once you get to pilot training, that's when you start deviating into different aircraft and starting to track different missions and airframes. Very cool. Well, wherever you go, I hope you be safe and uh, be careful and uh, fly straight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Andrew, um, you know, the name of the show is called Education, Leadership and, be and Beyond. And, and you always, when I knew you in high school, always carried yourself a little bit different than every other kid. You always just were very upbeat and positive. You never looked like you didn't sleep half the night. You're always with it, you know. Since being there uh, at the Air Force Academy, what have you learned about leadership? What are some of the biggest points um, that you feel that you've added to your life uh, in terms of leadership? I think the biggest thing that I've learned in the limited time that I've been in leadership, which is basically this year and last year, your freshman year, you're, um, you're kind of the mission. So you're being trained in most of the military stuff and then sophomore year you're assigned one person to be in control of or not in control of to lead and then when you're a sophomore or a junior and senior that's when you really start picking up responsibilities and i think the one thing that i've really taken away is being passionate and really caring about your people if you truly care about your people they will not only accomplish their mission, but they'll help you with whatever you need help with. And it's just a really good cycle to be in. That's great. That's a great point, Andrew, because it is all about relationships, right? If you That's think right. about your, your, your teachers that you, you've liked and your family members that have shown care. Uh, that's great to hear, Andrew. Um, what else? Tell me some more things that you've learned about leadership. Some of the, uh, I don't want to use the wrong word. Are they instructors are they commanders are they captains what the people that are instructing you what are some of the things that you've taken from them yeah so we get to I, I think one of the big advantages of going to an academy is we get to to interact with so many different leaders so a lot of the people at the academy are in the military and most of them are pretty high ranking so we get from like day one we get to interact with some pretty or fairly high ranking um, military members and getting to be under them and see how they lead and comparing it to other people and how they lead, it really gets to, you to hone in what you like and like what you think your style is going to be. So much so that we actually have classes. We have a class called Lead 300, which is 
where we we do readings and analyze different things of leadership and different techniques and different models that we can use and then we get to try it we get to you know use it in our day-to-day -day life and implement those if we so choose Andrew, there's a lot of movies about, you know, the military and, and, and more so, uh, you know, the general military. But is the yelling there like the, that you see in the movies? Are they, are they yelling in your face? Is that, is that happening? So that's definitely a part of going to the academy. Um, and it's most of it is during training. So it's not that is not day to day. You know, people aren't you're not walking to class and people are screaming at you. But that is part of going through basic training. Basic training is meant to be mentally and physically um, tough. And having someone in your face, making things challenging for you, really makes you develop your you know, mental capacity and what you're able to handle. And then throughout freshman year, some of that trails in because we are still training freshmen, but it's not, it's not a day-to-day -day occurrence. It's definitely used in a training environment. You know, one of the things I learned in my role, Andrew, as principal, right, like some kids just don't like to be yelled at, right? I, you know, they just, they, they, they crumple up, but it, it just doesn't work for them. You know, what have you seen now in your third year and people that you went to school with? What have you seen in those uh, young men or women that are no longer there that didn't make it, right? Right. Were they getting themselves into trouble? Was it the academics? Was it too much rigor? Was it too much structure? What were the things that led to some of the students that aren't there anymore? I think the biggest reason people will leave the academy is they weren't initially intrinsically motivated. They, they came for other reasons, whether it be you know family, they thought it was the right thing to do, or they went, came for sports. And then they just figured out it wasn't actually what they wanted to do because if you want to be at the academy or a service academy in general, people will help you stay. If, if you really are struggling with something, people will help you and you can get, get through anything. But if you really just don't want to be there, it's really tough to get through it because there are times that you do struggle through some things and you really have to want it to make it through that. Yeah, that's a great point, Andrew. I uh, I visited uh, West Point when I was in high school, and I stayed over. I got the nomination, all that. And uh, I remember the cadet showing me about making the bed and then shining the shoes. And then yeah. he had to, like, memorize the front page of the New York Times because I get that it was the morning check was coming. And he said, I have to memorize this. And I was like, you had to do all this before 630. Like that's a lot, you know, and I kind of realized in that moment, like it wasn't, it wasn't for me. So um, certainly respect you and, and what you're doing there and the fact that you're doing so well there. So we're really well, proud of you. Well, thank and you. When did you start to realize, like, I, I want to go to the Air Force Academy and, you know, when did, when, you know, was it seventh grade? Was it middle school? When, when did you start to realize this is something that I want to do? So I remember realizing that I wanted to be a pilot first. And that was actually at a air show that I went to. I was walking around looking at the planes. I was like, oh, this is something I could do for the rest of my life. And then from there, it wasn't until freshman year of high school 
that I think it was my dad brought up. He's like, oh, you should look at the Air Force Academy. You know, you can, you have a pretty good chance of becoming a pilot out of there. And then you get to serve and you're like guaranteed a job. And it just, it sounded really cool. And I actually got to go on a, like a, I think it was like a week. I went on a little program that sent me to the academy. And I did the same thing, like just got to explore, see what it was really like. And that was when I started really considering the academy. And honestly, it wasn't till I got the acceptance letter that I thought I would, that I could go to the academy. It was, it was such a surprise when we got it. It just knowing the caliber of people that normally go to the academy, I just didn't think I compared. And I, it was a really nice surprise to, to be awarded, you know, my nomination and get accepted. And Andrew, you know, when you were a sophomore and you were going through geometry or algebra two or, and, and, you know, when going through us history, were you saying, man, I got to get a 95 on this test. Cause I want to make sure I have good grades because were you thinking about that through all the levels of high school? And when you were tired on a Wednesday night, when it was five degrees at home and you knew you had to study cause you had an exam first period, like, was that on your mind as a goal? It actually was. And that was one of the, my motivating factors to stay out of trouble and to do well in school was that I knew that the people or what the academy is looking for requires that of me. So that, that was exactly it. I would you know, spend the extra time studying because I thought that maybe getting an A instead of a B plus would maybe be that bump to getting me in. And Andrew, you knew, you know, again, in those early years of high school, you knew that there was one out of 10, one out of 12, the ratio of kids getting in. Because I looked up the stats today. I told you earlier, you know, a thousand yeah. kids get out of, you know, 13, 14,000. Were, were you thinking like, oh, my God, this is going to be impossible? Or were you saying I, I could do it? Like, No, it was more of the impossible. <laughs> I, I honestly – <laughs> we we had confidence that, that I would be able to go to a prep school to prepare me to go to the academy. And then we were pretty mm -hmm. confident that if I went to a prep school, that I would be at least competitive to go to the academy. But it was it I mean, it was always in the back of our mind our minds that maybe maybe I'd get picked up, but it was definitely not totally expected. So Andrew, I know parents think this, right? Did we do a good enough job? Did we give our kids enough, you know, as parents? And, and we think the same as teachers, right? Like, uh, I, I'm looking at you, how well you're doing there and so proud of you. You know, and at Port Jervis, we're saying, are we doing enough for our kids? Did we prepare them enough? So you're not going to offend anybody, but like, what was one area that you felt prepared by specifically high school, and then one area where like, hey, we need more of this type of class or this type of preparation. Yeah, I think in general, I felt pretty prepared to go on to the academy and to move on from high school. I felt there was not much else I could have learned as far as like life lesson wise. I thought I was in a pretty good place coming to the academy. And then as far as, so, so something that I thought I was really prepared for was actually communication, whether it be like writing essays, public speaking. I remember in high school, it seemed like I wrote an essay in every class, but it definitely paid off. It definitely 
helped me at the academy, knowing grammar, being able to creatively think. And I felt like Port Jervis did a great job at that. I'll make sure I let the English department know that. (laughs) And then I don't think it was anything. So the one thing I did struggle with was STEM classes. And I don't think there was much that could have helped that, except maybe me taking more math classes in high school. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I did think upon was I had to take physics and chemistry my first year, whereas I was exposed to physics, physics and chemistry I think it's junior and sophomore year. So pretty early on in my high school career. Mm-hmm. So by the time I took it again, I was, it was day one. I had to learn it all over again. Wow. Wow. Andrew, uh, um, when I gave you the question, you said, I, I didn't know what that was, but one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies is the natural Roy Hobbs, right? Did you ever see the movie, the natural no, but I watched the scene that you told me about. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Yeah. Look at you. Okay. Well, that's one of my favorite movies, right? Roy Hobbs uh, never got a shot. He kind of, his life went off track. And then, you know, when he did make it, right, they asked him, you know, Ray, what is it? There's your alarm clock there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they said, uh, Ray, what is it that when, when, well, he said, when I walk down the street, I want people to say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was. He wanted to be the best, right? You know, I'm watching so many of your classmates do great things. And some other some other kids that you went to school with are home, right? They're, they're home. It, it didn't work out. And they, they went a different course. What is it that you hope for that your community thinks of you or says of you or sees of you and, and or your family? What is it that you hope for? That, that people will think of you? So I think of like, as of right now, I don't really know what I want people to think of me other than that, like, I'm just a good person. Um, but I think when I retire or if something happens to me, like the one thing I hope people recognize is within my, within my military career is that I truly led with passion and I did care about everybody because like I said earlier about, I think what I think is most important in leadership. I think that's it. I think if you're passionate about leading and if you truly care about people, they'll trust you and you can do some pretty amazing things with that. That's great. Andrew. That's really great. And uh, you know, a lot of our, our community is going to see this and uh, you know, very proud of you that you are doing it, but, you know, caring of other people and, and passionate. Next kid that gets in trouble at school on Monday, I'm going to be a little nicer, a little easier. <laughs> Let them know I care. <laughs> um, Andrew, um, we're up in the uh, the rapid fire portion of the show. So these are going to be quick questions where you give me the, a, a quick answer and uh, the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. All right. Best thing about being in the Air Force Academy? The camaraderie, just all my friends. Worst thing about being in the Air Force Academy? The lack of sleep. What time do you get to bed? So I'm a special case where <laughs> I normally go to bed between like 1230 or 1.30. Okay. So it's pretty late, um, but that's my own decisions. You know, I procrastinate and that's where it puts me. So. And then you're, then you're up at 6? Yep, 6.30. Oof. Most beautiful place you've traveled? So Aspen, Colorado, 
the Maroon Bells. It's like one of the most picturesque places I've ever been. Wow. Best thing about Colorado? The skiing. Uh, the coolest, like, electronic toy or weapon or the, the coolest thing that you've seen, like, oh, my God, this is really cool in the Air Force. So last summer, I actually – so one of our summer programs is we get to spend some time at an Air Force base and learn about what they do and some of the jobs they have. And I actually got to ride in the backseat of an F-16, which was – an awesome experience. There's definitely a lot of vomit involved, but it was really cool. You threw up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say F-16, for us uh, non-military people, that's the, the, the fighter jet? Yeah, that's like the classic fighter jet. Wow. Wow. That's cool. You know how to fly one of those things? No. Not yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> when you come in one of those, maybe you take me one. <laughs> Um, something that motivates you is? I think my family and friends. They're the reason I do a lot of things, and they keep me going. Well, and that goes to the next question. You might have just answered it. Someone who inspires you is? I think the more I look at it, I think it's my dad. I think I'm the more I look back, I really am kind of following in his footsteps. So I think he's the one who really pushes me to where I am today. He's also the one that gave me your cell phone number to get you on the program. <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh, Andrew, again, we're doing this show uh, for you and for your family, but really for the veterans that are out there uh, to look at the, the great youth that we have that decided to serve our country. Um, what is something that you would like to say to veterans uh, that may be watching this, uh, you know, here on the eve of Veterans Day? Yeah, and I think it's just like everyone, I just want to say thank you because if it wasn't for them and their dedication to serving our nation and protecting our freedom, I wouldn't have the ability to, to do it now because it, they are the ones who founded this nation and protected it. And it's because of them, I have the ability to do so. So thank you. And I second that, Andrew. Uh, the thing you miss most about Port Jervis? The pizza. <laughs> Colorado pizza is not the same. Which which was your favorite? Which were... I think PJP was pretty much had the game. There you go. Okay, <laughs> I can't I can't announce my favorite. I don't want to get in trouble, so I spread the ball <laughs> around. Okay, uh, your favorite teacher at Port Jervis was. I think that's an unfair question, <laughs> but you I can, will. Uh, you can name a few. All right, I'll give you an out. <laughs> so I will say. That if it wasn't for my guidance counselor, Miss Balo, and Mrs. Shields, there's no way I'd be at the academy right now. So I just wanted to thank them because they played a huge role in getting me to the academy. Very cool. And I know uh, that's always, I have a lot of students that take a pass at that because they, they love their <laughs> teachers and they don't want to offend them. Uh, but certainly a nice shout out to, to guidance, right? There was a lot of paperwork yep. and hurdles and that kind of stuff. So Exactly. Best thing about being a redhead, Andrew? <laughs> it's definitely the jokes. We can always make a joke about having red hair or having to put sunscreen on, whether someone says it or I do. It's, it's always funny. <laughs> Worst thing about being a redhead? The sunburn. I can be out at formation for 10 minutes and I'll walk back with a sunburn. Do they let you put sunscreen on? Is that, is yeah. that allowed uh, uh, provisions there? Yeah, of course it is. It's just 
Me not doing it. Okay. Yeah, me. Andrew, you're you're doing something great with your life. You're you're you know, young man. You're in the Air Force. Besides being in the Air Force Academy and besides your family, what is something that you are most proud of? I think I'm most proud of earning my basic parachutist badge, which to get it, you have to do five solo free fall jumps Ooh. of an airplane, which was really, really kind of tough for me to get through. Uh, I found out really quickly that I am not meant to jump out of airplanes. <laughs> so being able to actually earn the badge and completing the course was was a huge hurdle and I'm extremely proud to, to now wear that. What was that like the first time you had to jump? <laughs> so the, the first time was the best because you don't know what to expect. So okay. there's so many things going through your mind and the program is amazing because your first jump ever out of an airplane is by yourself. So they train us on everything that could go wrong, anything that could happen, how to, the solutions to all those problems. So you, you feel very confident when you're in the airplane. You're like, I can do this. I've done it a million times. I can handle it. And then when you're actually standing in the door, you're like, whoa, this is gonna happen. And then you let go and you're like, whoa, there's nothing under me. Um, and then, you, then the next thing you know, you're just sitting under your parachute because you, know, you do have to pull your ripcord, but you're sitting under there and it's, it's pretty awesome. What's that like when you're, you know, just floating uh, with the parachute? That was my favorite part, sitting under the parachute, because the parachutes are extremely maneuverable. So you can like do some spins, and you can, you know, turn and steer it. Um, but it just gives you a whole new view because you're like sitting up a couple thousand feet. You're looking down on everything. Like all the planes that are at the airfield look super small. You can see little people running around, which is super cool. And it's, I don't know, you just really feel alive. Cool, cool. Andrew, you did great here on the program. Really well-spoken and uh, you look great, you sound great. So I really appreciate it. Um, Andrew, if people wanted to get in touch with you on social media, um, is that something you're allowed? You have social medias and, and you know connections there? Can you, can you allow to put those out? Yeah, so I have an Instagram and Facebook. Okay. So it's just Andrew Forrester on Facebook and Andrew Forrester 16 on Instagram. And if you're looking at the Academy or you have questions about it, please reach out because the more you know about the Academy when you're trying to get in, the more successful I think you'll be in the application process. And I know we have a couple of uh, uh, students that uh, we might have to uh, set you up with. And yeah. Ms. She Ms. Shields just sent a, a thank you uh, that, that you gave her a shout out. She was watching. <laughs> Yeah, nice. So, uh, Andrew, normally I fill the end of the show with a quote here, uh, and I asked you about it, but why don't you go ahead and give me those uh, uh, Air Force quotes uh, or slogans? Yeah, so it's aim high, fly, fight, win. Very cool. And we also spoke off air uh, about uh, uh, was there a book that impacted you or, or really sat with you, and, and you more talked about the book that you're reading right now. So why don't you touch a little on that? Yeah, so the book I'm currently reading is On the Fire Line. And it, the reason I'm reading is it because this winter, or I'm sorry, this summer, I had the privilege of going down to Philmont Scout Ranch to um, be a, a, an academy ranger, 
which is like a program the the academy does and Philmont was struck with a couple of wildfires and that was something we we were dealing with the whole summer like we weren't personally on the line but it affected the summer pretty pretty badly so i don't know the book just connected with me and it it talks about what wildland firefighters go through and how they handle what they do and right now there's some really bad fires in, in california there once again so uh, kudos to you for getting educated on that and uh, um but you did great andrew so uh, i thank you for coming on and uh this was education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving uh andrew gave you his social media if i can help you out in any way at andrew Marad 21 uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Andrew, please be safe. Uh, and certainly when you come back to the East Coast, get in touch with us, okay? Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. We are going to tune out. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, everyone, please give a, uh, a recommendation uh, or a thumbs up on that. And again, a special shout out to uh, all of our veterans uh, serving our country here on Veterans Day. Uh, we are grateful to you and certainly the sacrifice uh, that you have given to us as Americans, we are thankful. So uh, here was Andrew Forrester, one of the best and brightest coming uh, coming to you. So Andrew, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right, my best to you and your family. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks. All right. See everybody. <laughs>